You are looking live at the fifth year podcast with Parker Biggs, Zach Ruley, and Clint Maxey. Ladies and gentlemen, can you believe it? These guys are the best with this podcast. Don't even think of making a wager on this upcoming season without checking in with Parker, Zach, and Clint. Take it away, guys. Welcome back to the Fifth Year Podcast. As always, Clint Maxey in the producer chair, Zach Ruley, and yours truly, Parker Biggs, hosting Week One's in the books, fellas. Um, fun, fun weekend, fun opening weekend. Um, there were some big games, some games you know that we didn't expect to be the exciting ones that exceeded our expectations. Some of the big games were a little disappointing. Zach, what's uh, what? Where should we hop in first? Uh, I mean, I thought we got started off with a pretty good slate Thursday. Not a slate, but the two games Thursday night. Obviously, one was fun for me because it was a no contest. And then the other one, I got home just in time for the end of um, Pitt and West Virginia. It was good to see that game being played again. But I, I think I turned it on on the drive home from Stillwater right as JT Daniels threw, like, the comeback route. And uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton, is that his name? Yeah. Right through his mitts into the hands of the pit defender. It was just like it was. It was honestly kind of sad. Then the the house. It was really sad. I guess they. I guess they got it back down there, and like almost scored. You. They got. Yeah, they got to the. So it was like fourth and sixteen, I think, with twenty seconds left. I think West Virginia had just used the last time out. Um, JT Daniels threw a nice ball. I don't remember who the receiver was. The white kid, um, diving catch. It looked like a catch. Like when I saw it initially. Even and they called it a catch on the field, and it it would have gotten in the first down. They would have had plenty of time to to spike the ball and score, but um, apparently hit the ground. I wasn't watching with volume. I was watching at a bar, so I couldn't. I wasn't hearing what they're saying. I was surprised. I was kind of surprised it got overturned. Um, looked kind of could have gone either way. And since they called it a catch on the field, I thought it would stand, but it didn't. Yeah, heartbreaking way for West Virginia to lose. Uh, Wheaton Ford brutal for him because and he's he had normally a, like a very game. very solid so that was he's like, yeah like, oh, and man. he had a good game he had, well he had a good game too yeah he, he carved them yeah he was there i mean there was their offense i was impressed by west virginia i came away maybe feeling better about both those teams than i they're both good teams i thought like they both look like i also feel way better teams. about the bottom half of the big 12 i'm not gonna say like kansas who they were playing like they look dominant they look better though like ku didn't look terrible um normally that like that team would give KU difficulties in the past. Um, the Big 12, I thought, looked pretty solid this weekend. No, I agree. Um, no, Big no one in the Big 12 lost, right? West Virginia. Uh, yeah, duh, duh. yeah. Um, you know, what was we, your we, what was your game of the week? I remember, or that UNC App State game was pretty good. We can talk on that one. That was. Stupid, insane, like how those guys were able to score so many points. Yeah, that 11 a.m. slate was – I was not excited about it, and it produced a couple of gems both in the state of North Carolina, all North Carolina teams. That UNC App State game was crazy. NC State, East Carolina is also crazy. You know, the two big ho- or big state schools traveling to kind of the little brother type environments, both environments look crazy. Um, UNC, man, they uh, – <laughs> They didn't look great last week in week zero against Florida AM. Um, their offense looks really good. Drake May, Drake Mays, whatever. Um, May, right? He's the, yeah, he's the, related to brother. Luke May. The, yeah, Luke May's younger brother. Um, he's he had a good. hell of a start to the year. That offense is electric. Um, Chase Bryce, former Clemson guy, uh, who went to Duke and then ended up at App State. Man, he was bad a couple of years ago, but he's uh ripped up, up that UNC defense. I saw, I think it was the highest scoring fourth quarter in NCAA history, I think. That checks out because they were trading blows. Also, it was a score gami, which like is like unheard of in college football. College football? Yeah. I didn't know that was possible anymore. Yeah, I thought I every score would have been. Them. Yeah. Well, I was sitting there wondering, because I had App State um, money line. So I was sitting there. The announcers at the end were like, oh, they need to just um, – they need to like kick. So they were going to go when uh, UNC scored on like the onside kick when they returned it. The announcer's like, oh, they should just go for, or they should just kick it and the game will be over. I'm like, no, 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 no. They're going to have 30 seconds to try and score and get the extra or the two point conversion. So it was 
freaking bananas game. The East Carolina game, too, was – I don't know how much I actually knock NC State for that performance because I think East Carolina, that's a really tough um, week one team to go play, especially on the road. Yeah, East Carolina, they seem to have gotten you know back on track after several years of bad football post uh, Ruffin McNeil. And, yet, like, tough place to play. Devin Leary didn't look good at all, I didn't think, for NC State. But, you know, I think we've seen enough of him to know he's a good quarterback. So, you know, if you can win ugly, it's not always the worst thing in the world. Uh, Not a horrible opponent, tough place to play. Um, I don't think NC State's like a top 10 or 12 team. Like they were right. I would agree with that as well. Yeah. They're, they're, I think they're, they're good, but they're not, um, maybe at least right now, the billing that some have given them to start the year. I'd say while we're, I mean, while we're talking ACC here, let's go ahead and hop in Clemson, uh, Georgia Tech last night, Monday night. uh, DJ still, I don't think, because you saw a lot of the, the struggles that he had last year, fumbling the ball, struggling kind with of snaps, a stiff. struggling to read defenses. He lost like 30 pounds. He's still slow. But that defense is freaking legit again. One of my buddies texted me this and said Clemson might be like the best tackling team in the country year in, year out. That's 100% true. They It feels yeah. like they don't miss. Like when they when they go to hit you, you're you're going to the ground. Quick side note from OU, Parker, don't you agree that that was like the number one takeaway from Saturday for OU is just tackling. Like like better. You could tell. You could just tell people one goes in, the others are there two seconds later. It's just such a big difference. And you know, it's so important. Isn't it awesome was, I, to watch gang tackling? Yes. I don't remember the last time that uh, – I don't remember the last time seeing OU have like six or seven guys around the ball. You know, you would get a couple – two, three guys going in and tackle. I mean, there's a play out on the edge. You get, you know, the corner coming in. The safety, the nickel. I mean, like, we're like, what the hell? How is ninety four out there in this tackle? Like, the, yeah. they're, they're running everywhere. Yeah, it's eleven uh, hats on the ball, man. Yeah, it's night and day, night and day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, any. I mean, just while we're on the ACC, I mean, I think Pitt and Clemson probably the teams to beat. After we, I mean, I just I based off what we saw in week one. Yeah, and I don't know if Florida State's actually good, but they have talent. Like, it's it's yeah. still Florida State. Like, I still have some street cred to where recruits have been just going there because it's Florida State. That was a big win for them. As ugly and as weird as it was, um, pitching the ball on the one-yard line when you're, a score ends the game was insane to me. It's not. It wasn't even a toss sweep. It was almost like one of those pitch handoffs that the 49ers do. Just an insanely dumb play yeah. call. They got away with it. Um, I guess hats off to them for blocking the extra point. On the extra point to tie it, it looks like like if you watch the left side of the LSU line, it looks like one of the guys didn't even move. I can't remember his number. It looks I like think they moved. might on the on the defensive line. On the offensive, the, when oh. LSU was kicking the extra point at the end of the oh yeah, it, like one of the kids just doesn't even move. I mean, there was two block kicks in that game. I and uh, what's funny is I forget what his name is. The LSU special teams coordinator is was the one, the only coach that went with uh, Kelly from Notre Dame's <laughs> LSU. That's a bad. That's a bad look. That, hey, is, that was in Notre Dame though. We want to talk about Notre Dame, Ohio State. I didn't cool. see as much of that game as I would have liked. But do you guys have any thoughts on those? I was just quick. Uh... Quick going back to ACC, no faith in Miami? No. I'm not there yet. I'm not going to – I mean, I think TVD is good, but I'm just – when you play Bethune-Cookman, I just don't yeah. – When did he get, like, so popular, though? You know, like, he played a couple of really good games last year, and now he's, like, this dark horse I, for – not the Heisman necessarily, but – It's Miami, and they got Mario Cristobal. I think people – it's like USC with Lincoln Riley. People really want – Miami be good. We'll so touch on Lincoln Riley and, and and Caleb. I know who they were. Yeah, playing, oh, no, we will. They were crazy. We will. No, they yeah, were. To Let's end on them. Miami real quick, they end with Clemson and Pitt. So it's like they could That's be good. Yeah, and then, yeah, you got to wait all year. Hey, but did you they see don't... no more turnover chain? Yeah, mm. first of all, Bandit said it was stupid, which good. I agree with. Yeah. I'm not a fan of turnover props. Me either. I am a One fan minute. of like the hat TU wears. The receivers, uh, like the, real quick, yeah, heartbreaker for Tulsa, by the way. That was nasty. They, uh, they're probably better than Wyoming. Um, Davis Brin, like, really kind of slinging that pig Saturday, but and they actually they have some big time wet. Keelan Stokes is still there, really good receiver. Juan Carlos Santana, I think they had three guys over 100 yards, uh, Saturday receiving, which is pretty damn impressive. Yeah, 
Now, TU has some players considering, I mean, obviously they had two straight first round picks. Um, yeah, let's hop in on that Ohio State game. I'm with you. I didn't watch a ton of it. I was more locked in on that Florida-Utah game. But um, I think there's kind of two ways you could look at it as an Ohio State fan. Like, it, you, it wasn't pretty. But, like, I think we all know that what the potential of that offense is and what they should be. Um, Stroud just didn't look like himself, and they still beat a solid team. Um, great first game for Jim, Jim Knowles. I think, like, if you're an Ohio State fan – if I was an Ohio State fan, I would rather see that than there see them win 45-31 or something like that because you know that offense is going to be scoring. And you got to be able to stop Bryce Young is the, right. the end game. Right. So, I, I mean, I think it was a solid first game for Ohio State. Not pretty, but uh, I think you could take uh, – I mean, Ohio State wins to be a top-five te- team, so that's ne- never a bad thing. Notre Dame – do you feel better about them now, though? I mean, going yeah, a little, a little bit. They kind of got, they kind of got nosed in the in the second half. I can see Jim is still really good at halftime adjustments because they kind of clamped. I mean, they clamped him down the whole game, but they really put it on him um, in the second half. But I, I feel better as a Notre Dame fan, especially considering you don't play diddly poo during the school year. Um, your schedule is typically pretty easy. I don't. I'm sure it's more of the same this year with a lot of the ACC teams, but. I definitely feel a lot better. Marcus Freeman kind of held his own in there. Um, despite he claiming not knowing what the spread was, he covered. So they covered. Yeah. I feel, I'd feel, yeah, no, I think, uh, I would too. I mean, it's not often, you know, in the last, in our lifetimes, you know, that Notre Dame is, uh, hanging in there with national title contenders. So, um, it's a loss for, for on the record books, but I think we'll, we'll talk about the AP top 25 in a second. But clearly, you know, people still respect them. They dropped only like number eight in the country. So um, the game, though, of that night or of Saturday night that really was, uh, you know, had my eye more so than uh, Ohio State was the Florida-Utah game. Awesome game. What a win for Florida. Great way for the Billy Napier era to start. Anthony Richardson, wow. What a game. AR-15. I'm not – what is his new nickname if I can't call him AR-15 anymore? I don't know. He's incredible, though. He's a, he's yeah. a – fucking freak like runs like a deer what i think he's what six five two something yeah uh the the play he made on that two-point conversion where he pump faked two guys at the same time it reminded me a little bit vince young type stuff because i remember being at an osu ut game when i was a kid and vince young legitimately was probably four yards past the line of scrimmage pump fake donovan woods who legitimately like jumped in the air and then fell down because he thought vince young was like was gonna like let go of the ball and then Vince ran like another 20 yards. But Anthony Richardson is very, very good. So good. Plus 1,800 currently in Heisman odds. That's yeah, Florida, he Florida runs Tennessee. the table, and he's – I mean, he's I would love there. to see them beat Georgia. I'm getting tired of Georgia. Well, I'd love to see and Florida, uh, the East. Florida uh, has a big one this week in K- Kentucky. I don't know where it is. Yeah. It's in Gainesville or Lexington. I think but... it's in Florida. Yeah, if they win this one, the hype is going to be uh, real. Because big time debut for Billy Napier, though. It yeah didn't get much bigger than that, unless he was playing Alabama or something. But pretty are, big stuff. Out. I'm not going to say the Pac-12 playoff hopes are dead because I think you know Utah could very possibly run the table, um, but Oregon count them dead. That was embarrassing. And then, I mean, you we don't know with USC. They look really good. This let's go ahead and talk about USC. They looked really good against Rice. Um, about as good as you probably could have hoped for the debut. Three pick sixes. Caleb Williams looked really good. Offense was good, which we knew would probably be the case. But I think the the thing you like to see if you're a Trojan fan is, you know, the three pick sixes. So um, I was yeah, impressed. The I, they look like a mark. they look like a, a good good football team to me. It, I mean, I mean it's rice, but their defense doesn't have to be great to win the Pac-12. I don't I don't think at this point anymore. They can go score more than everybody. Now that's not going to play in the playoff, as we know. Like we've seen teams go to the playoff that have these lightning offices, and then they get beat by the SEC schools, and it is what it is. But Caleb looks like he still remembers how to throw a football. So I didn't. Did Mario Williams get to play much or no? Yeah, two catches, I think, for fifteen yards or something. Oh man! Which that's an interesting. I just saw that on Twitter, but that is an interesting thing to watch this year. You know, Mario follows Caleb this great connection and then Jordan Addison comes in a month later kind of and takes this position. yeah 
so we'll see. But, I mean, he's a yeah. stud, and that might what be an offense where they just don't really care about the receptions. But, you know, it's college football, and they're 19-year-olds, so they probably care a little bit about who's getting the receptions. Yeah, 100%. One thing I'm looking at the box score right now that is kind of standing out to me is Travis Dye only carried the ball five times. It's kind of That is interesting. Maybe they're pressed on his legs, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, Caleb Blood, the team in rushing, six carries, 68 yards. So he averaged 11.3 yards per rush and 11.3 yards per pass, 19 for 22, 249 yards. Um, so quite the debut for Lincoln and Caleb. You want to talk OUOSU? Yeah. Let's, you want to start? Unless you have more folks. thoughts on, on Florida, Utah. I think Utah is very um, good still. Um, what's no, the, I do too. I th- the tight end? He might be the yeah. best tight end in the country. He's a he was their beast. whole off their whole, yeah. He no, threw Utah, more. Than, he threw more to him than he did the rest of the team. I mean, going into the swamp, you know, on a Saturday night is is tough. So, I mean, Utah, I still think is probably the, probably the team to beat in the Pac-12. Um, we need to see more, but um, no, yeah, I'm not not throwing in on the towel on Utah. Um, Kim Rising just needs some more weapons. That defense will be fine. Um, yeah. How about Pokes? What uh, what were your thoughts? You were in the house Thursday night before you made the move. So, uh, what were your um, uh, overall impressions? God, I mean, Spencer looks sharp. I, I like. I know who we're playing. I don't think Central Michigan is like a cakewalk. Obviously, we've lost to them before. Um, Spencer carried it over from from the second half of that bowl game last year. I thought he looked really, really good. I didn't see him. I think there were a couple instances instances where I was like, oh man, that's just him throwing it to throw it. Um, but he looked really sharp, I thought. Offensively, the line looked good. I would have liked to see them run the ball a little bit better against a max school. I think they barely had over 100 yards rushing, and a lot of that was from Spencer. So um, the carry distribution was about what I thought it would be on offense, too. Ollie Gordon, the the freshman, has been pretty highly touted. He got a couple catches out of the backfield in one run, but not much to show for it. The defense – I think a lot of OSU fans might be concerned. It's like, how do you give up 40-something to Central Michigan? I do think the team kind of quit a little bit because the game was pretty in, in hand um, going into the fourth quarter, even in the third quarter. But Kendall Daniels, uh, Richard freshman from Beggs, he had a pick, looked really good. But Mason Cobb at linebacker, it looked at times like him and Xavier Benson maybe got a little miscommunication. But Cobb likes to hit. Um, that dude will – well, I think he led the team in tackles. I, I'd assume he'll lead the team in tackles all year, but that fucker likes to hit. Our D-line looked really good, um, and I'll sure I'll speak on it again when we talk about Arizona State. I am kind of worried that teams are just going to do this little dink and dunk stuff. I don't know if you guys watched much of the OSU game, but their quarterback, Anthony Richard, no, it's not Anthony Richard. Somebody Richardson from Central Michigan. They A lot of quick hitters, uh, so our pass rush couldn't really get home, but I'm not worried about the defense as much. It was game one. New D coordinator. And it was out of hand when they scored, like, their last 20. Exactly. Like, we had backups in there. It was good. A lot of of young corners got uh, snaps, actually. I saw, like, the PFF uh, snap counts, alleged snap counts. So, a lot of young guys got reps, which are very, very valuable at this point in the season. I was really wanting to see uh, Brennan Presley. Brennan Braylon Braylon, Braylon play with Brennan. Um, He didn't play at all. And then Gunnar Gundy got a couple snaps, but it was about what I expected. I thought they'd win. I didn't think the offense would actually look that good. It was good to see the up-tempo back, though. I think a lot of Oklahoma State fans would say the same. Yeah. I mean, it's what year – is it year four or five for Spencer? This is his fourth year as so, a starter. I mean, if he's – like, at some point, you just got to trust that, you know – I feel like the, the feelings on Spencer are so mixed amongst OSU fans, but – he has played two really good games in a row going back to last so year. So that is that was the second best first half in Big 12 history, by the way. I don't know if you guys saw that stat. I did. Um, I, I did see that. Yeah. So Clint, you know who the, the first best half in Big 12 history is? Mm, we're gonna go TCU. It's Patrick Mahomes. He has the record. More oh. total yards and touchdowns in a half. Than Spencer Sanders. If Spencer does that every Saturday, uh, he's going to be in New York City. So I don't think he'll win, but he'll be in New York. Yeah, I don't think he's going to do that every Saturday. <laughs> yeah, you don't know that. We literally don't know that. I think Spencer Saturday Sanders is good, and I think he's 
I think he might have a really good year. Like even in our, like, I mean, he was all big first team all big 12 last year. He might do that again. I just, which isn't that kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. 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 Watch him end up being a two time, like all big 12 quarterback. And then, and then we're talking about him five years from now. It's like, Oh shit. He actually wasn't that bad. <laughs> this is all me with, that was me with, with Mason Rudolph. We've talked about this in the in other episodes. This has got to be the weakest collection of Big 12 quarterbacks we've ever seen. It's you know it's not fantastic. Um, There's a couple good I'd ones. Say, I'd say the two best are in the state of Oklahoma, though, and we can uh, you talk yeah. about Gabriel here in a second. But um, Shapin looked good for Baylor against a high school team, and I actually I think Taylor Martinez played pretty good. Or yeah. Adrian Martinez. What's his name? Yeah, Adrian. 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 Yeah, he look, I guess he looked pretty good. The box score looked good. I didn't see any of their game because it was on ESPN Plus. But the t- two best quarterbacks in the state, probably in Oklahoma. As of now, Quinn Ewers could end up being really, really good. But the, the two best are in Oklahoma. I agree. I thought Gabriel was impressive in his uh, in his opener. He, uh, you know, he didn't really need to do a ton. He was super accurate. Um, oh, he ran the ball really well. He ran the ball a lot. Um I think my biggest takeaway offensively was Eric Gray looked the most explosive he's ever looked in his career. Um, he's never really – last year, he never really seemed to put it all together. You know, he was kind of a quick twitch back. But OU clearly seems set on him being the number one guy this year. He rushed for over 100 yards. I mean, his burst looked really good at UTEP. So, you know, that's ob- obviously a uh, something to think about. But – um, I was impressed by him. Receivers, I thought, were solid. Marvin Mims looked back to him, his own old self. Uh, Gabriel found a lot of targets. Um, Clint, what uh, what do you think on this game? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Gabriel specifically, I feel like he kind of looks – and this is kind of a levy offense where a lot of seams and deep shots, you kind of – that's kind of the quick little one shot. If it's not there, dump down. And you can kind of tell with Gabriel. Again, it's the first game, so you never know, but – it looked like he was kind of look for the deep shot. And if it's not there, he would kind of go down or try to scramble. That's really the only downside of Gabriel that I saw on Saturday. But other than that, like you said, Gray looked really good. Last year, he was kind of, yeah, quick tit, quick twitch would kind of commit to holes quickly. But this year, it looked more patient and, yeah, looked really good. Defense, like we mentioned earlier, nice to see everyone tackle. Couple pass holes, couple drives that were kind of going – Quarterback was making some nice throws, but overall, pretty happy with it, kind of as expected. Covered the spread. Yeah, the, my my one, the only, the whole team impressed me. The DBs were kind of the one area I thought yeah. there was times where I was a little underwhelmed. Uh, but you know who really, really impressed me and I think could be difference maker this year is Reggie Grimes. Yeah. Made some he had two plays. and a half sacks. Looked like a freak out there. And then on the opposite side of the ball, one person I definitely want to mention is uh, Braden Willis. I mean, mm-hmm. super senior now, caught two touchdown passes. Um, yeah. And also his blocking was awesome. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that run rule. Did you see the run by Gavin Freeman, the OU true yeah, freshman I, walk-on? I did. That was like, why did why was he in the game? I know it was a lopsided pair, but is he like – No, it was first quarter, though. When it happened. Yeah. Oh, we were wait, only really? four, it was 14-0 when run. it happened. I didn't see him do that. Yeah, no, he uh, – he well, he is – so he's a true freshman walk-on from Heritage Hall, Oklahoma City. Um, but he was actually committed to Texas Tech like as a scholarship player. So he's not like he had probably seven, eight division one scholarship. He's not some scrub out there. No, he's not yeah. some typical walk on. He's a I'm sure he'll be a scholarship player eventually. His dad played at OU. Um, and the Sooner Scoop guys, Eddie Rado and those guys had been talking him up for a long time. So it wasn't, you know, I didn't expect his first time he ever touched the ball would be a forty one yeah, yard ball. breaking tackles, making yeah. spins. But like I, I think he might be a contributor this year. I, I think that's one of the biggest questions for the Sooners is uh, who's going to step up behind Marvin Mims, you know, be that number two, three guy. Um, I mean, you obviously have uh, Theo Weiss, Julio Farouk, guys like that. But, I mean, I think Freeman is a guy that's going to be a contributor. I think it's going to be a, a lot of committee work for the receiver room from OU this year. Yeah, pretty quiet day from Weiss and uh, Farouk. But not that that's a bad thing. Yeah, I just didn't I get wonder- much action, I guess. I wonder if Weiss is he if he's fully healthy or if he's still kind of yeah. You just never know with him. He seems to Marcus Major though looked good at running back too. Yeah, another. And so did Javante Barnes at the end again. Yeah. Last thing, uh, 
the tempo of the offense is very noticeable. They are quick. I mean, they look like they're 30 seconds left on the clock every play, which when they're going could be really fun to watch, but it was just very different change. Early in the Lincoln Riley era at OU, it seemed like, you know, there was a lot more tempo the last two, three years though. He had really slowed things down. I mean, it was, you know, at times they'd show tempo, but it was a lot of, you know, let's run this thing down to the, to the final second before yeah. snapping it. So that was, uh, you know, I, I've been for tempo, but the one thing you did notice, I think in the second quarter when UTEP went and scored a couple of times was we were scoring so quick. The defense was just mm-hmm. running back. So there are times where I do understand why you need to slow it down. That UTEP quarterback can sling it. Look yeah. Good. Kind of yeah. Back. He made some really good throws. You look good. Yeah. I like their jerseys too. The, the, the nine one five on it. Yeah. All right, let's talk about a few of the other um, bigger games. Uh, I don't know, maybe not big games, but better, uh, better games. Uh, Iowa South Dakota State. You're Ooh. calling that a better game? <laughs> I, I mean, like exciting, like like what? Okay, like, now like you're. you're con- were you? What? I don't know. Were you? I watched. I watched the end of Iowa South Dakota State. I never would have thought that would be the case. I'm glad I never watched any of that shit. It was what nine to five, seven to seven to three, three. Yeah. without it's a touchdown. Putrid. How without what? they scored they had two safeties. It's fucking disturbing. It, I've got some fun stats for you here. And people so, think the Big Ten's good. So Iowa's defense outscored their offense four to three. <laughs> Iowa averaged two point seven yards per play, which was the lowest um, in an FBS game for a winning team since 2016. Which I'm surprised it's someone that recently won a game averaging 2.6 yards per play. And uh, Iowa's starting field position was their own 42 yard line, their average starting field position, and they never scored a touchdown. They have, I mean, I think last year they had the 121st rated offense. It's even worse this year. Kirk Ferentz needs to fire his son, Brian Ferentz's offensive coordinator. I was never, yeah, I was never been like sexy in offense. But they've had some good offense, some decent offenses. You know, they might take their time. They might run the ball a lot. But at least they're moving the ball. These guys can't move the ball. Spencer Petra stinks. I mean, Iowa's got major issues. I'm actually, I'm actually picking Iowa State outright against the Hawkeyes, I think, Saturday. An upset in uh, Iowa it's City. In Iowa City, right? Yep. Iowa State should have won. was the far better team last year. Should have won the game. I think they had like five turnovers, so they lost. But uh, Iowa's like so putrid to watch. I can't believe people like think they're I, but good. That Iowa Iowa State game is a little bit. You get a little bit of bedlam vibes from that, where Iowa State like seems to find a way to lose it. Yeah, they do. They invent. They invent plays. All right, a couple others here. Let's run by Houston UTSA. Either of you watch much of that? Saw the highlights. Looked like a fucking incredible game. Yeah, I just watched overtime. Um, thirty-seven, thirty-five, went triple overtime win for Houston. Um, Houston top twenty-five team. But like some people, you know, were surprised. UTSA is a solid squad. I think they won the conference USA last year. It was in San Antonio. UTSA once, you know, they make the move to the AAC. I think could be uh, one really of the, uh, yeah, one of the better teams. Agreed. Cincinnati, Arkansas. Thoughts on that one? Saw a little bit of it. Um, I don't know. You knew Arkansas was probably going to come out and out physical or physical them. Or is what I thought of anyways. I think we all probably thought that just because knowing Sam Pittman, but I don't think Cincinnati's bad as a football team. Like I think they're gonna probably have a pretty good year still. Yeah, but there, no, there's I, no way for them to replicate last year's success. I came away from that game like not neither team really impressed me and neither team really like looked bad. I thought Cincinnati looked like a team that lost nine guys to the NFL draft, looked like a team that lost their star quarterback. You know, there was some shaky play at the quarterback position. They hung around with a solid SEC team. That was a huge win for Arkansas because have you seen their schedule? It's pretty daunting. <laughs> it's it's brutal. So um, that was almost a, a must-win game for it to be a successful season for Arkansas. Um, I still don't quite understand the K.J. Jefferson hype. I think Arkansas is a good team. I think they've got a really good offensive line. Um, I think they've got some good players on defense, physical football team. But KJ Jefferson, man, I he's just the same guy. Like he's not, he is what he is. He's a big physical guy that can run the ball, can make some plays every now and then. I'm just he's not a world beater. 
Right. He's not going to go. He's not going to separate Arkansas from other SEC teams. That's what the thing, especially that, in, especially in the SEC West. That's that's the thing. I, I, Arkansas fans seem to not understand is that oh, Katie Jefferson's not that good. Um, but yeah, solid one for Arkansas though. Um, but yeah, playing the SEC West, we'll see. We'll see how things go from here for the Hogs. Um, lastly, did we touch on um, did we did we touch on the Georgia game yet? I mean, I said it was embarrassing. <laughs> Oregon shouldn't even showed up to the game. Yeah, Bonix stinks still. <laughs> Bad. He's like I I actually would like to apologize to Spencer Sanders because I called Bonix basically just Spencer. It's not even close. Spencer, Spencer Sanders like ten fucking, times. Spencer looks like Dan Marino compared to Bonix. Yeah. And also loving that uh, future from McMurphy on Stetson Bennett. Yeah, I saw. I think he he Richardson was the biggest mover in Heisman odds this week, and Bennett also was a pretty big mover. I think Bennett's up in that top six or seven now. Yeah, he started um, out at what sixty to one. Yeah, I think he's down like twenty or thirty to one. Thirty to one, maybe. Yeah. Yep. Um, he went twenty five or thirty one, three hundred sixty eight yards, uh, and Georgia scored on their first seven offensive touchdowns. Or offensive drives, I mean, they, they scored touchdowns, yeah, on their first seven drives. So, um, man, I also uh, Pac-12 is now one in eight in their last nine game, last nine week one games against SEC opponents, and all but two of those Pac-12 teams were ranked. So, um, anyone that that's the the Big Twelve disrespect is funny to me when you know we see the Pac-12 and the ACC and non-conference each year, like. Big 12 doesn't have these same struggles that the Pac-12 seems to have. So, um, yeah, but overall, really fun week one. Right? Any other thoughts? Anything we want to talk about before we uh, before we get into, uh, you know, AP Top 25 playoff expansion and some week two picks? Um, Tyler Show. Yeah. From Texas Tech. That's a, Four weeks. a devastating that loss, but with Houston on the schedule and then NC State the week after that, that is uh, substantial in my opinion. That's it. Tech has a that's a tough non-conference. So I yeah, I know they they weren't fucking around this soft. Season. Are both of uh, those on the road too? Uh, I think Houston is in Lubbock or neutral site, and then NC State's in uh, Raleigh. I think is where NC State's at, but it's in gotcha. North Carolina. So yeah, pretty tough then, for them. They looked he looked good from what I saw. Um, they played well. They weren't playing anybody, but um, that's a that's a big loss for them. He can't stay healthy. But, also, Sonny Dykes kind of gets a favor done for him if you look at it that way. He doesn't have to pick quarterback anymore. He can just roll with, Go um, with Doug. Max Duggan because uh, Chandler Morris is hurt. So, yeah, uh, good one for TCU. I mean, Clara is horrible, um, but thirty-eight thirteen win for TCU. They ran for like 275 yards. Bad news for Colorado because they've got Air Force up next, so they might give up like. I do. Points. I do have a quick question before we get into the AP poll stuff. Who makes the change at quarterback first, Clemson or Michigan? Uh, I think. Well, have you seen how what Michigan's doing? They're starting. Yeah, McCarthy's they, gonna get the start Saturday, and he looked immensely. He's gonna better. keep the job. He's gonna yeah. keep the job. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think Michigan, but I think Kubelik or what? He I don't looked know really good. Yeah. Now the game was a blowout when he came in, so it's easier to play freely. That was also really quick. I'm going to vent here. BS how Clemson, what were they? They were going hurry up at the end of that game. Yeah. They tried to cook them for some reason. I was on uh, uh, Georgia Tech plus 24. I went to bed last night when I was 14 to 10, halfway through the third quarter. 14 to 10, I was on the under and on Georgia Tech, and I felt great about both. I woke up this morning, pushed, pushed on the under. Uh, lost on the spread, so uh, come on, Dabo. Not... Yeah. Be honest, Parker. You missed that wake up, look at your bet the night before, though. It's good to be back. Oh, it's great, and I'm shocked. Like, <laughs> yeah, I usually go to bed loss. late, so it was kind of weird that I even went to bed that early. But I'm glad I didn't watch that. Uh, but I had some texts from some some buddies this morning, like, "What the fuck is Dabo <laughs> doing?" <laughs> um. All right. Yeah. Let's. Uh, Talk a little AP poll, new AP poll this week. Any any surprises to you guys? USC in the top ten, um, move up four spots. Notre Dame drops it only to eight from five after that loss to Ohio State. Utah drops six spots down to thirteen, just below number twelve Florida, who had a big rise from unranked to number twelve, 
And then um, Oregon, after that loss, drops completely out of the rankings from uh, 11 or 12 to, to unranked. Anything else that stands out to you guys? Honestly, not really. Yeah. I think did North Carolina State fall back a little bit? Or yeah, they, they dropped, yeah, they did. Uh, they five, fell they to 18. five spots. Yeah. Yeah. That's deserved. Yeah. Yeah. But no, Houston State put at 25. That's kind of weird. Would like to also, um, while I'm looking, I see Wake Forest still, they dropped into 23, but big news for the Demon Deacons with uh, Sam Hartman being cleared from his medical issue and is going to be back this week. So, so do we know what the medical issue was? I'm no. sure some people do out there. Yeah, they say not football-related, so I have no idea. I was thinking originally it was like cancer or something. Uh, also, very quick, Spencer Rattler. Meh. He's not good. He's uh, he is who he is. He might be who we thought he was. Yeah, I don't know why we thought him He's transferring to a what team with less talented players was going yeah. to uh, make him better. I mean, and not Lincoln Riley as his head coach, right? Uh, who's a quarterback right. whisperer, but. Yeah, I mean, he is who he is. He he, he can make some plays, but he's going to do some bone bonehead stuff too. Um. All right. Before we get into our week two picks, um, some pretty significant college football news that would have been probably a 15, 20 minute conversation for us on any other show in the summer, but uh, the Friday before week one, uh, the presidents got together and decided to go ahead and pass this twelve team playoff expansion. They just said to the uh. Uh, conference commissioners like we're just doing this ourselves um so right now playoff is going to be expanded 12 teams at least by 2026 it could be as early as 2024 um the structure that we had been talking about for a while uh one through four are going to get buys top six conference champions get automatic bids um and then um the teams that don't get buys um will be playing round one games at the site of the higher ranked team. So seeds five through eight, I think will be uh, hosting. That, that might be the best games. part of it. Or first round game. So Can you imagine OU round. hosting a playoff game. It'd be, It'd be incredible. It's going to be so well, cool. What's really cool. Like this opens up like OSU could host a playoff game. Yeah, too. exactly. Cause they'd be like middle of the road, especially when, yeah. they're, when we go into the new conference. What's well, so what's, so top six conference champions are going to be getting spots, which means Notre Dame can't. Like, they will never get a buy as long as they're not in a conference. They're going to have to – imagine I, – I was listening to a podcast, um, the athletic podcast with Stuart Mandel and uh, Bruce Feldman. I'm not even big fans of, the, of them, especially Mandel, but I did like one point he made, um, which was imagine a scenario where Notre Dame goes undefeated Defeated. Um, they're number one in the country, and in on their way there, they beat USC last game of the regular season. Um, say on the road, they're undefeated. They beat Pac-12 champion USC. USC say could be like a three or four seed, has a bye. Notre Dame, who had, in this scenario had beaten them, had gone undefeated, is like number one team in the country, just doesn't get a bye. Like yeah, I'm I'm kind of surprised that Notre Dame didn't put up more of a fight. Um, I've heard the argument that like, well, Notre Dame doesn't really care that much because they don't have to play a conference championship, so the number of games are the same. But still, um, if you're Notre Dame, I, mean, I don't think you want to have to get you know beat up you know a week before having to go play like Bama or Georgia or something like that. So that yeah, was my some, one surprise. Yeah, maybe they do reassess when they play Southern Cal. Yeah, yeah. So. Any just any thoughts there? Um, it's not surprising. Like I think this would be a bigger news, but we've all known this was coming. So just kind of funny that they decided to do it. Hopefully, it happens the night sooner. before the season. Yeah, no twenty. I from what I've read, I, the, the understanding is like the presidents were tired of waiting on the commissioners. They want this to happen. They want us, want it to happen as soon as possible. So they got together, they passed it, and now it's kind of back in the commissioner's court to uh, get this done. Who are the Who are the presidents? Like I think, I think it means every Division One NCAA president. No way. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think That's they just insane. had like a Zoom call or something, and like you tell me which not is one on Wednesday. Was like you tell me not one person was like, "Eh, I don't really want to do this." I'm sure there were, but I don't know. But I don't know. I think the biggest concern is the amount of games. What do you guys think about that? It's like, well, yeah, because they can only go so late into the into the off season, into like the break. 
right? Yeah. Like, do you think they eliminate a regular season game or or conference? I don't think they're near to conference championships. Won't that cost them money? Yeah, exactly. So no, so, they won't do that. They'll just yeah. find a way to add the TV game. companies are going to say no. But does it lead to potential guys <laughs> um, calling it playoff guys? You know. We've always, like in the last few years, bowl games, you know, guys calling it quits on their team before the bowl game, which is one thing. But if you're the number 12 team in the country, you, you're going to be a first-round pick. Uh, you're, like, playing at a small school. Like, do you consider just not playing the playoffs? Like, are we going to see I that? think that is the ultimate terrible move. Like, you're literally in it. You could make a run and win a natty you and you're sitting out. Yeah. yeah, you're, like, I don't see that happening ever. But, I mean, you never know. Especially NIL money, they're about to go make millions. They're like, you would you would never hope that a player in college wouldn't care about winning a national championship. But, I mean, you see every year people get injured and lose millions because of it. So, I don't know. It's a tough deal. It's a lot of games, too. But it also, what, there's 17 games now in the NFL instead of 16. And this would be around there. Maybe one money, less money talks younger and so. and these guys are now have the opportunity to make money. So I don't think the administrators uh, feel as bad about it anymore. Yeah, it's also true. Out. It gives them an excuse to be like, ah, oh, they're getting paid. They can play. Yeah. yeah. Games. All right, let's get into week two. Uh, maybe not quite as much star power as we had in week one, but it is another really deep uh, lineup of good games, good non-conference games. Um, I say we start off with a big one, um, game day, big new kick, both there. Alabama traveling to Texas. I don't see really a path for Texas winning or even really being competitive here. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. What the the line moved from like seventeen to twenty. I heard Joey Galloway say last night, he's like, you might want to get those bets in. It's going to jump another 10 points by Saturday. I don't know if Joey knows how lines work, but it's not going to jump 10 points. He has no idea. um, To 30. If Texas is a 30-point underdog, I will be um, hitting that. But, yeah, UT, I guess we'll see how good or bad they really are. Like, if they go out and lose by, like, six, everybody's going to be like, okay, Texas is not that bad. Like, they could win the Big 12, which they still can, but – Definitely a pretty big test. I don't know, like, I just don't know how good, like, Quinn Ewers actually is. Right. I mean, he's clearly a talented guy. We've just seen one game against Louisiana Monroe. We'll find out quickly <laughs> how good yeah. he is. He's um, running for his life. Will Anderson might kill him, though. This week. <laughs> this yeah. Like, no, it, that's it, my thing. Now, the line's not going to hold up well against that Alabama defense. Like, Texas has the skill position players to move the ball. I just think, you know, they're going to have some – I think Texas will have some splash plays. I just don't know how they'll be able to sustain drives with that off the line blocking that Alabama defense. This is a really awesome game for, like, fans, though. Um, yeah. Just the two brands playing. So, that that I think Alabama wins comfortably, but other than that, I have nothing. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm in the same boat. I think it'll probably be a pretty easy win for Alabama. I hope it's not. I would love to see a good game between these two teams. but Absolutely. Um I'm thinking in Austin, thinking, right? I'm a big, yeah. All right, let's keep it in the SEC. Several good SEC games uh, this week. Uh, let's go Tennessee Pitt. Um, big one for both teams. For Tennessee, you know, they lost to Pitt last year. Um, I think they need to win in this one just to kind of show that they, if they really think that they're back or whatever. It's a big one. Pitt looked good in week one. Tennessee looked good against Bowling Green or someone weak. Um, you like, you have any sort of uh, edge here? Uh, no. What's the line on this one? I think it's six and a half pit. Um, no, I don't think like there's actually much of a home field advantage though. Who has the advantage at quarterback? I, I'd ask you in this game. I, I'd say hooker's probably I'd better maybe, than Keaton Slovis, but I, I would say I would give the, the slight edge to hooker, I think. Yeah. Um, but I think they're, you can make, you can make an argument for either. I thought Slovis looked solid in, um, his first outing for Pitt. The one thing I noticed about Pitt compared to last year with Whipple as their offensive coordinator, you know, they were airing it out all over the place. They seem to want to pound the rock this year. I mean, they look much more like what um, we've seen with Pitt re- until Whipple was there last year. 
where it's yeah. an NFL looking offense. You're seeing a lot of two, three tight end sets, a fullback in there. Um, so I think Pitt's going to try to pound Stucky the rock. Mench- I heard him mention that too, that Pitt now wants to go back to just pounding the rock and playing super slow. Now, I mean, that you can yeah. do that if you don't have Kenny Pickett on at quarterback, but yeah, a little bit different Pitt offense. I, I don't Future think Hall of Famer, Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Third string Hall of Famer? Second string today. What? Bumped he him up. Bumped yeah. him up a spot. They bumped him. They, they, they yeah. That's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the fans just whine and they move a guy up? Yeah. That's how it works. Dude, Rudolph should be the starter. This it was a ridiculous. mistake. They need, to tra- they need to trade my guy. <laughs> they, they got Mason froze in Pittsburgh right now. It's they do. Fair. They definitely do. Literally no, trade exactly. him to the Seahawks and watch him cook. Let Mason cook. I'm with you. I'm with you, though, on uh, – Pitt not really having home home field advantage here. Like what we saw last week in that Pitt West Virginia game, that's, that's the only one. time that's gonna we're gonna see that. Yeah, like. that, that didn't happen. I, I, you know what? I'll take Tennessee upset. Yeah, no, I, I, I think the same. I think if I can get if I can get a seven on Tennessee, if I can get a plus seven, I'll probably roll nice. with that. Yeah, agreed. Um, keeping the SEC, Kentucky, Florida, Florida. Um, you know, coming off a huge win, they're gonna. I'm assuming they're getting juiced here. I'm trying to find the spread. Um, but Kentucky still – what Kentucky's got a weird suspension situation going on here. Um, they um, – you know, Chris Rodriguez, their star running back, is – Mark Stoops isn't saying they're not suspended. They're just not available. But it's like four or five, you know, contributors on their team are out. Um, I think I like Florida too. I'm not ready. Game. Like I'm, I'm a little nervous though. Remember last year, Florida had. I know it's a different coaching staff, but Florida had that like two point loss to Bama, and it's like, I'm hesitant to like. I want to see one more game. If if Florida just wins this game against Kentucky, I'll be a believer. I'm just I'm worried. My my plays five points. It Anthony Richardson to me is like last year. I I do agree with you. Like they got off to that hot start, barely lose to Bama. It's like okay, they're not that bad. Then they went on to lose what five of the last six. Anthony Richardson wasn't the quarterback for all those games, though. Right. Correct. Emory Jones. Uh, he started a couple games late in the year, but, yeah, Emory Jones for most of the season. Anthony Richardson, is he's that dude. I don't know if he's the best quarterback in the country, but he might be him. Uh, he's he's very Also, good. Florida just has, like, as down as Florida was going into this year and, like, as good as Kentucky was feeling, Florida just has flat out, like, significantly more talented players than Kentucky. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, if I if I hadn't, uh, I mean, I think Florida will win. I don't feel strongly on the spread though. They beat your um, boots. They did. They did. I I was on Florida in that game. So, smart man. Uh, another SEC SEC going heavy on some conference matchups uh, in week two. Arkansas is hosting South Carolina. Um, I don't. I'm gonna see what the spread is here. But if this was in, half. if this was at South Carolina, I'd maybe maybe be think they'd have a chance, but going into Fayetteville, Hog fans are fired up. It's going to be a good atmosphere. Arkansas looks solid week one. South Carolina, the scoreboard might look like they had an easy win over Georgia State, but if it weren't for two blocked kick or uh, yeah, blocked kicks return for touchdowns, that was a dogfight until like the end of the third quarter. I was about um, to say it was 14 to 12 going into the third or like at some point in the third quarter, but if I, if I could, I don't – I don't think it's going to happen, but if I could get a Arkansas less than a touchdown, I'd probably take Arkansas. But I, I don't, I don't think I'll, I don't know if I'll take play on this one. Otherwise, yeah, eight and a half is a little much, but uh, agreed. If it was in um, South Carolina, I'd probably actually like the Gamecocks, but I don't know how well Spencer Rattler is going to do on the road. First real SEC road game. Hog fans, hey, Rattler. they come, they come boozed up. Yeah. Um, for those 11 a.m. kickoff, so should be a fun. I like. And they're also there. very confident. They're very confident right now. Like this yes, is. They are. I'd forgot. It was kind of nice. Like so, for those that don't personally know us, like we all grew up in Tulsa. It's like there's a lot of Arkansas fans around, and it was nice. Like, I'm not gonna lie, it was nice during the pre Pittman era when Arkansas sucked. Yeah, they are cool. an obnoxious fan base. Like, and oh, they yeah. they get fired up. Um, I've gone to a few Arkansas games. Woo Pig is super annoying. Um, but Woo! because of that, they do it will baseball be a tough place. Too. Yeah, that's another I watched, like a, them, I watched it in person at the Stillwater Regional. 
God, yeah, there is no well. school basketball. They're obnoxious too. They're just in a, they don't know how to win. Like, they're very they're not very humble people. Little little OU Arkansas basketball rivalry brewing in Tulsa. They're coming back for year two. I think it's year two. I don't think I've done it longer than that. But that'd be okay. Yeah, that was a was fun. Uh, Parker and I went last year. It was, it was a fun little back and forth like, series. What was funny is like OU. Everyone knows OU fans. Like outside of football are not the the greatest fans of the world and Arkansas fans travel really, really well. So it was in Tulsa, but I think Arkansas fans outnumbered Sooner fans about 65 to 35. Yeah. So definitely. You know, by the end sad. of that game, we were, that's kind of sad. Fellas. Come on. It was, it was very sad, but it was fun though. The end of the game when I was six, seven beers deep and we're, you know, we had moved down the upper deck right down in the thick of the Arkansas section. Yeah. And I was woo pigging them out of that, out of the arena as they emptied the place. The Sooners <laughs> thrashing them. Another Arkansas fan turned around. He was like, well, good luck in the SEC. You're, you ain't going to get those TCUs, Texas Tech. Good luck when you come here. That's really right, what buddy. they are. That's what they are to the SEC. So, they're the, they're they're the co- coattail riders. I love the OU-Arkansas rivalry, I, though. I, I think there's a great future in the making. I know there's historic yeah. past, but I think when we go to the SEC, hopefully the scheduling works out where it's an every-year thing because it's a fun rivalry. Yeah, no, I hope I would love to play Arkansas every year, and they're fun to they're a fun fun group to to poke a little bit. Yeah. If our boy Steven's listening, Steven, I don't hate Arkansas as much as you think. <laughs> All right, um, quickly on this one, I don't think we need to spend too much time on it. A um, and M App State, I just put it on there because you know after seeing App State hang in with UNC, A uh, and M's you know at home, but I think only like a fifteen and a half point. Favorite? I'd be a right? lot of points. I don't know what the total is there, but I, if you're going to play that, I'd play the over. It's 52. Seven, 17 point point spread. Um, yeah. 52 is the over 52. under? 52.5, yeah. That's what it says. Uh, I'm very intrigued by that over. Yeah, Chase same. Bryce looks great for App State. They traditionally play good offense. Um, A&M, you know, uh, Haynes King, I think, threw a couple picks in week one. Um, but they play, they won easily 31-0. So, um, yeah, if anything, I kind of like the over there. But I think A&M handles business most likely. Um, let's move out of the SEC, uh, go a little Pac-12. First test for Lincoln and uh, Caleb Williams. USC heading up to Stanford. I think it's the ABC Saturday night game. And by first test, I mean, it might not be a huge test, but, you know, it's a Power 5 opponent. And USC has had issues with Stanford over the years. Stanford, you know, I don't know if the talent level is probably where it needs to be to compete with USC this year, but they David Shaw teams do typically play physical football. They've got uh, Emmett Smith's son, I think, playing running back for them. He had a, a big, like a touch, like an eighty-yard touchdown run, first touch of the game in their week uh, week one matchup. Um, Stanford's going to muck it up. That's I agree. I think Stanford might keep. Th- these are the type of teams that Lincoln has issues with. The Kansas State type teams, you know. The team that's going to play physical, they're going to run the ball, they're going to tackle well, they might force a turnover. Um, so I, I, I think USC wins this one, um, but I might bet against USC every single week. So um, if anything, you, you I'll probably take. We did this last week and it didn't work out, but yeah, yeah, I'm not going to take away three pick sixes, and it might have. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, Baylor BYU. That this one might I'm be the game of the week. Super excited about. Yeah. That, I mean, those are two – they could be two top ten teams. Like, Baylor currently is. BYU looked great against South Florida. Uh, I know it's South Florida, but they have Gary – like, it's not, I don't think, a horrible team they beat. Bohannon was playing quarterback for South Florida, and BYU just came out and just dumped them. They blitzed them. Uh, well, the delay, I think if – I think I win my bet of South Florida plus 12 if we don't get that lightning delay. Um and you'll look at the final score and be like, how does that make sense? They got blown out of the building. They did, but the lightning delay sucked all the energy out of the building as well before the game even started. I was thinking BYU was going to go down there and be like – I don't know if there was much energy in that building beforehand. <laughs> yeah, you talk about no home field <laughs> advantage. But I thought the yeah. humidity might get to those boys a little bit. They just shoved it right up down their throats the whole game. It'll be a, a – Do you have a lean? Are you going to lean it? Go ahead. I think B- – also, I think this BYU-Baylor – I think this is going to turn into a rivalry. Yeah, the two religious freaks yeah. in the new Big 12. Yeah. What do you think, though, the number? What do, you, what do you think about minus three? I kind of like BYU. 
I kind of like BYU. I, the side I'm looking at, so there's three and a half, but they're not very confident in that three and a half. I, man, I don't know. This is like Shapin played out of his mind against Oklahoma State, right, in that Big 12 title game. And then he played good enough to get the job done yeah. against Ole Miss. I'd say this is like his first like giant te- – and the reason I say OSU wasn't a test in the Big 12 title game, we didn't really have film on him. Like he kind of started out of nowhere. I think he had right. played one game before that. So now that people kind of know what he's about, it'll be interesting to see um, what's thrown at him Saturday by a, a team that plays really good defense. Uh, and I'll take, BYU I'll, another... take ba- I'll take Baylor though in a close one. Okay. Yeah. If I'm thinking I'm gonna go uh, go BYU here. Um, they, uh, you know, Provo, nasty group of fans. Like I've heard horror stories from players that have gone and played in there. Like the they are. There. Like they, they, uh, no, apparently they're racist as shit. Well, I know Utah Jazz fans are. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying Mormons in general are racist. There's I just think, you know, Utah. they've got yeah. some crazy people up there. So, um, tough place to play. That's going to be rocking. I think it's late too, isn't it? Like 9 15 local. Yeah. Oh, 9 15 local. 9 15 for me, excuse me. Local okay. So 9 15 Eastern. Still, that's a late, late kick. Um, all, yeah. with BYU moving into the, uh, into the Big 12. Big 12 is going to start dipping their toe in some of those after dark games. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to survive up here in New York. I remember I was so like I'm a Giants fan for baseball, so I watched Giants games Central Time, and they don't get done until midnight. I, I stayed up for like maybe three innings last night. I was like, I can't do this. But yeah, the East Coast is a struggle, sports yeah, watching. Central Time Zone, best time zone, because you get the best of both worlds. Perfect. But, uh, a dogfight. Another uh, Big 12 Pac-12 game. Your pokes are hosting ASU. Um, I li- I'm I like OSU here. This is the one of the games I feel strongest about. Um, I'm OSU like minus 11, 10 and a half. I would love to get a 10, but I think it's just going to continue. I think the juice is going to come in on, on the pokes in Stillwater. Um, Emory Jones, I mean, we can all see the difference of what Florida is um, with Anthony Richardson at the helm. He, he's a guy, a good running quarterback. They didn't even te- – I think they played like Northern Arizona last week, so not even a test. And they, Zach, you told me, didn't he throw up like 150 yards? Yeah, or he didn't look He didn't low? look great. Yeah, he didn't look great. So I love OSU. I, I'm going to bet on OSU on this one, whether it's uh, – I would love to get a 10, but I would take it probably up to 12 or 13, honestly. Um, I think well, – let's see, right now it's at 11. Um, I also really like the total over 55 or 54 and a half. Um, I doubt their defense is actually that good. If Spencer, I mean, if Spencer plays like he did last Saturday, look, I don't like ever saying OSU is going to cruise versus anybody, but um, if he plays like that, uh, I think the defense is going to play a little more fired up Saturday. So I, I, I think it'll be uh, an easier win for OSU than it should be. But then again, it's Herm Edwards. Do you think OSU will have good coach? Go ahead. Do you think OSU will have more of a work ha- workhorse back in this game, or do you think it's still going to be mainly by committee? Yeah, I don't know. I None of those backs really – like Dominic Richardson barely got to carry the ball. I can look at it real quick. I think he had like nine carries. Um, he did not run the ball a lot. Overall, they didn't really run the ball a ton as a team anyways. Um, like I think Spencer was the leading rusher, but because it was a couple scrambling options and stuff like that, I can see Dom Richardson getting 10, 15 carries, but then again, if that's not the game plan and the game plan is to come out and sling it, which is what they did Saturday, um, then nobody will really run the ball too much. Sorry, I'm pulling. Yeah, Central Michigan scored 22 in the fourth quarter. The game was well in hand. So OSU fans that are worried about the defense, I'd say pump the brakes a little bit. Um, They looked really sharp early on, in my opinion. They kind of got gashed one or two drives with quick hitters, which – again does worry me just because that eliminates your pass rush right which is probably osu's best um attribute on defense but i like the pokes comfortably i'd probably take the number as well yeah dominic richardson had nine carries so and spencer had 11 Uh, my prediction of him leading the team in carries is so far accurate i don't they were doing something i don't know how much of our game you watched they kept Spencer in until like the fourth quarter, and they were running him. I'm not. I didn't like, get to watch him much. I was it, like, I "What the hell are you doing? Get him out of the game right now!" He should have been out. Of, he shouldn't have played. He should have got one series in the second half and then been pulled. But I guess he's fine. Hey, so no he, big deal. He survived. So <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, a former Big 12, Big 8 matchup. Missouri is going, is traveling to li- the Little Apple to play K-State. K-State, eight-and-a-half point favorite. Um, I'm not a believer in Missouri. I'm not a believer in drink. Um, I think uh, I didn't see enough out of – I went and watched some of the highlights because I just wanted to see what Missouri was going to look like. I know they're starting Brady Cook, who's like, I think a freshman, pretty under-the-radar guy. He did not – impressed too much against law tech um one touchdown one interception threw for about 200 yards um i didn't see enough in missouri to make me think that they're going to take a, a step this year k-state also didn't really play anyone good but um sound win adrian martinez i think we all agree is a quarterback upgrade for them and they were a good team last year they're gonna play good defense physical football team good offensive line um i think missouri wins the, or sorry i think kansas state wins this one i was gonna say <laughs> and i think they win it handily I am not saying I'm going to take K-State minus eight and a half. Um, but if I'm going to take a side, it would be K-State minus eight and a half. Um, I think K-State wins comfortably as well. I, I actually do like the under 57. I think – I don't think Missouri's actually good. So – but if no, I did I, have I to make another play, it would be seven and a half. Would be nice to get it yeah, a no, full point less, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, no, I think I think Missouri's – I think – they're, I'm guessing they're going to be the same same as we've seen the last few years under drink, which is not too impressive. All right, it's wild how good they used to be. I'm sorry, I have to, I have to, like they were in the SEC title game, the first two years they're in the SEC, right, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, Pinkle was a hell of a coach. Like, how, like, dude, how did they fall off that freaking badly? Well, I, I go I look at Missouri football before too. and after Gary Pinkle too. Yeah. Like they've. I think that's, you know, I think Pinkle Thank was you. really, really good. But, and you're right. Yeah. The SEC, they also were in the SEC title, and the SEC East was extremely weak. Yeah. Georgia kind of woke up. All right. I've got one here, um, a spread here that I like. Washington State is traveling to Wisconsin. 17 that was point a big dogs. Number. That's a I big love number. Washington State. Yeah, I like that too. I'll, I'll, um, ride it. I'll add that one to I, I, my place. <laughs> The one caveat is Washington State struggled with Idaho in week one. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm deleting <laughs> it as fast as I can. Yeah, they beat Idaho 24 to 17. Um, but I, I'm a big fan of Cameron Ward, the incarnate word transfer for Washington State. He actually had a good game 26 for 41, 228, three touchdowns, um, no, no turnovers. Uh, they ran the ball well, too. I'm trying to see. Did they, I don't know if they fumbled it or I don't, I don't know what exactly how they uh they seem to have outgained idaho significantly so um but still it's wisconsin that's the thing with 17 points is a lot when you're you know a team that pro style team that's hammering the ball trying to run the clock like yeah i still like the 17 like i'm going to take washington state plus 17 this this one i like that play um last one here houston texas tech uh did we determine this one's in houston right uh, no, I didn't determine that, but I like Houston money line. Oh no, 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 no! It's 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 love it because Tech's a favorite. I love, yeah. dude. I'm gonna hammer Houston. Give me Houston money line. No uh, starting yeah. QB for Tech. The Red Raiders. I think the place is gonna be rocking though. I can say that. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I, but um, I think I Houston's like Houston. really good. I think there's gonna be some like maybe some of the public, the sharp guys won't do this because they know what they're doing, but. I think some of the public might kind of hop in on tech after seeing the Houston score against UTSA, not really realizing that UTSA is a good football team. Um, but yeah, I love Houston here. So I will say this, if the public mind. loves Houston, that kind of changes my mind just because the public's typically wrong. Um, let's see, yeah. according to Action Network, who the who the favorite is. I don't think, I, I do agree with you though. Some people are like saying, oh, Texas San Antonio almost beat Houston. Yeah, they're they're a really good football team. UTSA is so like I don't think it's as drastic as as some might. Let's see what the the public is doing right now. A lot of the public's on Texas Tech according to the Action Network app, so it's that makes me feel way better about Houston money line. Clayton yeah. Tune was also nope. very good. Yeah, uh, no, I think week. Houston's definitely the team to beat in the AAC this year. So I'm with you there. Um, so yeah, the two really the. The two that stood out were those last two. I like Washington State. I like Houston. I like the Pokes as well. Um, I'll, I'm sure I'll have an action on some of those bigger games too. But, um, yeah, I'm excited about week two. Yeah, I got – real quick, only things I got so far, Iowa State plus three and a half. I'll probably talk myself into betting them um, outright. I like that. Kansas I'm gonna, State, yeah, I'm going to go – Kansas State, Missouri under 57. 
Houston money line, Oklahoma like State over 54, Oklahoma State minus 11, Arizona plus 11 and a half at home against Mississippi State. Arizona much improved. But, uh, um, they're not yeah. that bad. And they went out like a weird they're game. They're not like, bad at all. Mississippi State can play that. But Arizona plus 11 and a half, Washington State plus 17. You talk me into that one. No, I like I like all of those. I I really like I love the Iowa State play that you're thinking. I love I love that uh, Arizona play. That was a, a good win for Arizona. Go to go to San Diego State. Yeah, have a fringy top twenty five team and pretty much dominated. I think it was thirty eight to twenty. So great win for yep. Jed Fish and Arizona. Who oh, and doubling sure. down on Spencer Sanders Heisman future. What, what can you get? What can you get on uh, Sanders Heisman? Uh, old Spence. I don't know, but earlier this year when he was. Before he played a game, you know he's the leading point scorer in the in the country right now. I did see that. Yeah, see, of course yeah. you did. He's the, he's that he's the real deal. Yeah, I don't see it actually. But do you guys have any action Thursday night? We get the NFL back. Phil's Rams. Oh, I I don't have a lean yet, but I got I Cooper Cup on my fantasy team, so I'm all all in on Cooper Cup. Trash. Well, who do we so who's who's who do we see in the Super Bowl real quick? Bills. Let's go. Yeah, it might be the Bills year. Bills. I'll go, I'll go Bills, Bucks, back to it. Bills get back to the Super Bowl. Okay. I'm going to go Bills, Rams. I think the Rams get back. I think a rematch of this week one game. I'm going to go Bucks, Chiefs. Okay. Rematch. Bucks, Chiefs. Rematch a couple of years ago. I don't know. The the Brady personal, personal stuff scares me a little bit. Oh, like, that's all hogwash. No, this it's true. He's literally 45. He went on a vacation to the Bahamas. He's back now. He just he can take vacations vacations during yeah, dude, training he's, camp he's earned, nowadays. He's earned that. He's earned yeah. that right, I'd say. I actually think that's it. I think he might have you really think he just went on vacation. I think Giselle yeah. just hates that he's playing and he had he maybe they did go on a vacation. Control. They probably did yeah. go on a vacation, but yeah, he's just having to suck up to her. Yeah. Fair enough. But all, all right, right fellas back this week. It's exciting. Yeah, we're in full swing. Good luck like, to all those fantasy football owners out there. Exactly. No, no doubt. All right, guys. Uh, we appreciate everyone listening. Uh, we're back into the thick at College Football. This is awesome. Uh, make sure, if you're watching on YouTube, to subscribe below. Um, like, rate, subscribe if you're listening on uh, Apple or Spotify. Mm-hmm. Follow us on all forms of social media at Fifth Year Podcast. And let's have a good week, too.